Hello, everybody. Welcome to Just a Cup on Believe, an organic conversation with the world's greatest athletes and the coaches who coach them, just as if we, we were in a coffee shop having a cup. Today, I have an incredible guest on, Haley Shrupa, former Boston College standout in hockey, National Women's Hockey League All-Star, U.S. Olympic gold medalist, and now the head women's national team scout for Team USA, Haley. I am fired up to talk some hockey. And, you know, we're, we're not going to talk like, uh, you know, Slapshot or any uh, hockey movie classics, Youngblood or anything like that. We're going to dive in and, and I want to talk about the women's game and how it's just, you know, you got a pro league. I mean, you were an Olympic athlete winning a gold medal, but it seems like women's hockey is really starting to, to kind of explode. And, you know, you said before, you know, maybe you wish you were a couple of years younger. She could have <laughs> been part of this new revolution of, of women's hockey, but, you know, welcome to the show. And let's, let's, let's talk about the new pro league and kind of how women's hockey is kind of elevating. Yeah, no, first, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm pumped to be here. And yeah, a lot of excitement with with women's hockey, the growth of the game, and obviously the PWHL, the new pro league. Um, I mean, just as you know, a scout, as a fan, as a you know former teammate to a lot of these players, to see like that dream come to fruition, and and the you know, I think Minnesota had like over thirteen thousand people at their home opener, like incredible. Thirteen thousand three hundred sixteen. That yeah. is that's a lot of folks watching any sport. I don't care. I, I don't care what it is. Yeah, we were like, is there going to be, because, you know, it's Minnesota, there's so many, it's so many hockey games going on all the time. It's the <laughs> right. Center. Like, we've played there before, and, like, the lower bowl was, like, pretty full. So everyone was kind of like, you know, what kind of showing is this going to bring? And to see them with that number was just astounding, just unbelievable. So um, that is a testament to, like, where the game is right now compared to even, like, five years ago. What, what do you think is the reason for, I mean, you have uh, the, the, the National Women's you know, Soccer League has really come up. They've had some record signings. Obviously, the, the, the addition to the Professional Women's Hockey League, you have professional volleyball, the Volleyball Federation. Why, why is it, I guess, two parts. Why is all of a sudden there, there's, a, there's this takeoff? And the second thing is, why did it take so long? <laughs> yeah, I think... I mean, I think there's a lot to it. I think people kind of see the value of, of women's sports. It's like, it's different. It's not, you know, it's not like men's sports, you know, we're not as fast, not as strong, but there's definitely a different element to it that I think people are really starting to appreciate um, and kind of catch on to of just like the, you know, the power of women's sports and, and how far like a sport like ice hockey, where, you know, growing up, I was the only girl on the boys team to now all these girls, they're different organizations, multiple skill levels. Um, and just seeing that rise to the top, it's, it's a really, you know, it's a, a, a fun game to watch. It's not men's hockey, but it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a lot more, you know, cerebral. And if you know the game, like you'll appreciate watching like a high level women's hockey game. So, um, and to see like leaders catch on to like wanting to invest in the sports too, that's huge for marketing, exposure, getting opportunities, Absolutely. resources, things like that. I mean, you, you, you're from Maryland originally. I, I would not think hockey in Maryland, I mean, no offense to the Washington Capitals. I mean, but <laughs> I, that, that's not, I don't, I don't think, you know, hockey. So how did you get involved in hockey, you know, yeah. living and growing up in Maryland? 
It was very random. Like a lot of my teammates and friends, um, they like, you know, they had a brother who played in the NHL who ended up playing the NHL. Their dad coached or played whatever mm -hmm. it was, or they grew up in New England or Minnesota where everyone played hockey. I just on a whim, like my brother played roller, like wanted to play roller hockey, street hockey. So <laughs> I joined him and his friends. And when he wanted to play ice hockey, so did I. And my parents knew nothing about the sport. Um, they weren't athletes, aren't athletes at all. Um, and my mom was like, you sure don't want to be like, you know, a dancer or a, a gymnast. Like she really, she really did her best. So uh, kudos <laughs> to her. But I think once she realized it just wasn't going to happen, my, my passion, just like playing hockey. Um, I appreciate that she did cave, um, and ultimately, you know, supported me throughout the whole, whole way. And it was, yeah, that's how I got started. I was always the only girl, um, on the team for a while. Um, it was fun when I did transition to an all girls team right around the age where we were like checking, um, just cause for the, the social element, you know, I didn't have sure. to get in the locker room by myself. I could, you know, traveling, um, road trips are just a lot more fun when you're, you know, with a bunch of a group of your friends, um, which I mean, I did, I'm still friends with a lot of the guys that I grew up skating with, but it's, you know, a different dynamic. So that's kind of how I, how I got my start. Oh, I mean, both of my nephews are avid hockey fans and players back in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. And, and they talk about, I mean, they travel all over the place to play. Did, did you experience that same, you know, kind of growing up? Like, I mean, they're, they're like in a different state. Everybody, yeah. Like. Yeah. Especially like as I got older um, playing. So I didn't like go to prep schools. A lot of people, especially like if you're not in like a hockey hotbed market, you go to prep school, you go away for um, high school. Mm -hmm. And I did like visit um, some prep schools, things like that, because I knew if I wanted to like play at the top um, level, like I at least had to explore that idea. But I really didn't. I like wasn't ready to leave in high school. Um, in like ninth grade, I kind of wanted to see if I could stay and play for the travel team in my area, the Washington pride. And they played in the, they play in the junior women's hockey league. So it's super competitive league. Um, we just always, you know, had to work a lot harder cause we didn't have the top talent every year. And mm -hmm. I staying there, being able to go to my public high school was like the best decision for me, but we traveled, like we left on like Wednesdays or Thursdays every week, got back like Sunday night. So it was like, always trying to get ahead on schoolwork because we're going to British Columbia. We're going to Winnipeg. We're going to Colorado. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, it taught me a lot. It was when I made the switch to college, it was actually a lot easier balancing because I went to Boston college. So we would drive five minutes down the road to BU and I was like, Oh, I don't have to go to my teachers and get, you know, three weeks worth of homework. So, well, I mean, going, going to Boston and competing as an athlete, I mean, having personally lived there, I under, understand what a sports fanatic town it is. What was that experience like? You know, I mean, it's, you know, the town of champions. I mean, there's I <laughs> so many sports at every level and you have so many yeah. colleges. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why I still live here in Boston. Um, like my, my parents did go to BC. They went to Boston college. So like, even if I didn't play a sport, it would always be kind of in the back of my mind. Um, right. grew up like a, a, I was a caps fan for hockey cause Ovechkin was drafted right around when I started mm. playing. So diehard caps fan, but I was a diehard Red Sox fan still am too. Oh, I, I, um, you went way up in my book right there, right there. <laughs> Go yeah, when they won in 04, I was, yeah, like, it It was, yeah, a wild experience. Um, and then I was 
my whole family when they won in 2013, since I was like a sophomore in college, we were all there for the game. Um, we went to it. And so to nice. kind of see it come full circle was pretty, pretty spectacular. We were, I was pretty spoiled when it came to those things, I guess, once they, <laughs> but um, sure. Yeah. Like with so many different schools, um, so many, you know, great sports teams. Like I kind of feel like I did take it for granted because it just felt so um, like every day, you know, you're 15 minutes away from the city on, on this beautiful True. campus. You know, we could go out into the city. Um, we had the ability to have a campus as well. Um, we could go to, you know, Harvard was right down the street, BU, MIT, like there's so many schools. So yeah. um, that's, that's literally why I still live here. It's just how amazing the city is. And um, obviously the unbelievable sports too. Now, the other thing in Boston that's phenomenal is the food. And yep. there's some great places. And depending on where, you know, you live in, in the city, I mean, you can get the restaurants all over the place. What, what's a what's a favorite uh, stop spot? Um, well, we go to, and we were talking about before, we go to the North End a lot. Um, so, Love I it. mean, some of our top spots, you mentioned it, and I'm not even going to say it because you mentioned it, but Monica's is uh, is up there. Um, I mean, it's hard favorites. to it's hard to beat just like North end like Italian food. True. Um, like Brico. I don't know if you, do you know Brico? Oh, yeah. Is that yeah, how you pronounce Brico? it? Yeah. Um, I think so. Some people say Brico, but I say Brico. That's like, they have like the best espresso martini in Boston, um, which, yes. and like in probably like that I've ever tried. Um, their food <laughs> is unreal as well. Um, and then, yeah, then you have just like cool, like Bostonia public house. Like that's a cool spot. State street prov provisions. Those are all downtown. Just yeah. like, yeah. I mean, it's hard to beat. You just have all the variety, you know? Oh, I'm, 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 that's one of the things I miss the most about, uh, about Boston. My short time at Harvard was, was phenomenal of food and just the, what was your go-to pizza place? Oh boy, you know, I have to go to New Haven for that. I mean, that's a I'm, I'm a little pizza snob, you know. I I, I take you know to, to Pepe or Sally's. So I mean, I'm yeah, I'm a pizza snob. I have to you know. That's fair. Not, not to deny that. Is from Long Island, so she's always like, well, "Yeah, Boston has good pizza, but it's not like New York's." I was like, "Yeah, that's fair." I think of other things in Boston other than the pizza. You know, I, I think of more some yeah. of the Italian restaurants and, and, and stuff. And obviously Monica steak tip sub would, would die for that. I'm excited to, to get back to get some of that shortly. <laughs> <laughs> but, but speaking of other places, I mean, the one thing about a, you know, an athlete that's, that's on a national team and gets to travel, you get to go to some pretty amazing places. And you spent 10 years uh, on the national team, you're going to the Olympics and what is a place that sticks out to you that you had an opportunity to go to that was either maybe your favorite place or just a very unique place? And it could be, it could be one of each or, or, or both. Yeah, I can definitely do one of each because we still talk about um, the unique place quite often. I would say there's a couple of places that like we loved. I mean, South Korea, that's where the, uh, Olympics right. were it's hard to be I mean we didn't fully experience like our families and parents fully experienced the whole South Korean like culture <laughs> area because right. we were staying in the village but after um we won like we kind of went out downtown and it was just like a, I would probably never go there in my in my life honestly um and I'm really happy I had the opportunity to go to such like a, a cool spot um and that the Olympics just happened to be there like right. super nice people, just like a really cool city. Um, 
And then I was just in uh, Switzerland for the U18 World Championships. I was, um, you know, the scout, so I wasn't playing, but I was working with the team there. Um, and they, we spent two weeks in Zurich and two weeks in Lucerne, oh. which like usually we're in like the middle of nowhere places, which is where I'll get to after. So we were all, <laughs> this is, these players have no idea how good they have it. Like that we're staying right. downtown Lucerne, like walk out, go to any coffee shop. It was like yeah. the most unbelievable. I literally every day I was like, I could move here. Like if I had the oh, same amazing place. Yeah. Amazing place. It was really cool. Um, and then most unique would be uh, Veramaki, Finland. One of our Four Nations tournaments was there. It's probably like 45, maybe an hour from like Helsinki. Okay. And it's in, we were staying in like cabins in the woods. Um, <laughs> that literally, like we called it, it was like the Hunger Games. Um, and the other awesome. I think, teams were also like staying there too. And if you got locked out of your room or like lost your key, you had to walk like a mile to um, the Scandic, which is like the hotel since we were in cabins where like our parents were staying and apparently that's where they had the keys so it was like an ongoing joke like don't lose your don't lose your key because you're gonna have to like hike to the, sc the scandic <laughs> which you literally did um and it was like the dead of winter um it was like it actually like brought us like together i mean we still talk about it and it was probably like seven years ago um but it was it was hilarious just any, like, I don't any unique any unique food that you got there i mean you get bear or you know something crazy i honestly think we were just trying to like i i think we had options but we were just like let's keep it simple with like oatmeal that we brought because like, <laughs> we like weren't sure because we've had some like scary situations where it's like what is what is this meat and then like a few days later the kitchen comes by the back they're like oh that's reindeer that happened to us in sweden so like we were like you know we're just going to keep it simple here not reinvent the wheel um but yeah, that is a terrifying thing. You know, being uh, I mean, I can remember being in Beijing, China for the World University Games and, and looking at some of the food and going, hmm, what is that? I don't know if I'm going to eat that. I'm going to go to Domino's or I'm going <laughs> to go to like KFC and, and, and get something. But yeah, I mean, I can imagine, and especially some of the Scandinavian countries, whale and horse and reindeer. I mean, you're going to get some unique uh, foods. And as an athlete, you're trying to compete. So you're not. Yeah, you know, looking at trying to go to some place, and I think that sticking with the oatmeal part is that's probably yeah, I'm pretty lucky. Smart. Yeah, I'm lucky. I'm not like a super picky eater, um, so I saw the struggles that a lot of people did. Like they're mm. like, Haley, why don't you try this? Because like I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm like, sure, okay. Um, so, but I did. Yeah, there are some places where you did have to kind of reel it in. <laughs> Well, I mean, you've really come full circle. I mean, being an athlete, you know, winning a gold medal, and then you know, taking this position you know, with, with the national team being the head scout, what all goes into that? You know, I mean, are you, are you recruiting athletes? Or are you, you doing like a, you know, potential opponent scout? I mean, how does that kind of fit in? Yeah. Uh, great question. It is kind of like a little bit of everything, which um, personally, like I love just being able to learn about all facets of like an organization, a team. Um, so from like the U there's the U18 national team um, and those are predominantly like obviously they're under 18 so high school kids many of them committed to college um, and then there's the college like series which happens like in August against Canada so that's like hmm. your in between U18s and the national team and then you have like the national team slash Olympic team that becomes the Olympic team in an Olympic year 
Um, and though that's like world championships, um, four nations, if there is one series versus Canada, things like that. Um, so I kind of like am in charge of like scouting for each of those age groups. And a lot of like college players, um, do play on the national team. So you can kind of kill two birds with one stone there. Mm. Um, but my biggest focus like is the U18 team, just because like, that's kind of like the pipeline. So if you can get that right, like, and then just kind of maintain and the national team staff, they have like a much more plentiful um, staff. U18 is just a lot of like college coaches. So they are juggling a lot during the season. So I dedicate most of my time to um, like scouting those players for specific teams, for specific training camps, um, you know, being a resource for them too. Like as a former player, like I don't want to just be someone that's like, you know, oh, you can't, I don't want to be unapproachable. Like I tell the players, hey, if like you want mm-hmm. to get questions, like, as a player, the biggest thing is, I'm sure you know, too, is like being able to have like transparency with your coaches, with your staff, like sure. that trust. I think it's like that's a huge piece for have, building a successful team. So, um, yeah, just facilitating, you know, them throughout their their process. And then sometimes when we're at events and at tournaments, I will um, scout the opponents, um, you know, at the U18 World Championships. I did a lot of that um, and kind of just helping with the staff not necessarily coaching, but just like putting in, you know, my two cents of like our current players and teams and then the other teams are playing as well. You are listening to Just a Cup on Believe. If you've enjoyed the episode so far, please subscribe, like, comment and share and share some more. It's how we continue to reach more and more listeners. Remember, every team, every topic, this is Believe. My guest today on Just a Cup is Haley Skorupa, who is gold medalist for the U.S. women's hockey team and now is the current uh, U.S. national team head scout. And she was just, you know, talking about that role. And I would say, like, you know, what do you look for in, a, in an athlete? Is there more to it than just the, the skill set? Is there, like, the intangibles, you know, attitude? I mean, how do you go about, you know, finding – you know, the next one, I mean, obviously somebody found Wayne Gretzky, you know, how, how do you find, well, I mean, I mean, obviously greatest of all time, in my opinion, but you know, I mean, what, what do you, what do you look for, you know, or is there intangibles that you're trying to find when you're, when you're out recruiting or. Yeah. I mean, obviously like the Wayne Gretzky's will kind of just naturally rise to the top and you just hope you find them sooner rather than later. Um, but there are like there are a lot of intangibles and it's also like putting together like the whole package. You know, you can have a super mm-hmm. fast player who's skilled but doesn't necessarily have the IQ pon- like component and, and wondering like they're a really fast ca- skater, but can they make plays at a higher pace under pressure? Um, so it's like understanding like that element and dynamic and then also like how they do like play with other people, um, especially like younger um the younger age groups you know a lot of them they they're the best players on their team it's like just them they're used to just you know taking it end to end they're playing every other shift and then you i mean as a player myself like i experienced this as well you kind of transition into this you know team where everyone's the best player on their team um so as like you know a 15 year old you're trying to figure out okay well what is my role um and like as for me it's like understanding like it's you know a puzzle like how to all these players fit into the puzzle and can they embrace having this new role? Like, can they adjust their mindset from being like the go-to player to being more of a role player? Um, you know, not necessarily on the power play 
on the first line, starting every game, um, and kind of seeing how they they adjust and adapt. Is there is there any recollection of a, of a player that you played with that you were like, how in the world is this player any good? Like you know, like when you first saw them. I mean, you know, you just kind of like you know, there's some people that it's just like they have this innate ability to do things, but they're not really athletic or they're not really yeah. there. Is yeah, there anybody actually, you can think of? Yeah. Um, and she actually, she knows it too. One of my former team, Hannah Brand. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah Brand. She would literally like, she would agree to that. But like you, yeah, you watch her like do try and do athletic things off the ice and you just wonder how um, she, I think she, she's a two-time um, Olympic medalist. She was on the most recent Olympic team as well. Um Hannah, so if you're listening, um, sorry for calling you out, but you know <laughs> you probably would agree. But then you know she like is one of the most effective. Pl- I played with her on the national team for a couple of years, okay. and probably one of the most uh, fun players I've ever played with, like on and off the ice. She's one of my like best friends, um, but she's just like one of the smartest people on the ice. Like, and I think um, like she played for Minnesota, won a couple of national championships as well, but you wonder, like you watch her throughout the game um, and you don't really, she's not super flashy. You don't really notice her, but mm-hmm. then you look at the score sheet and she has like four points, you know, and you kind of wonder like how that happened. Um, Cause she's just like kind of the person behind the scenes, you know, the architect, like making all the, all those um, like unreal plays. So, but you go and like, I don't even know if she, if she tried to jump, I don't know if she'd be able to get off the ground. You know? <laughs> type of player she is. <laughs> What is it? What is a skill set that makes a huge difference with a hockey player? Because if there is, there is there some specific skill set that separates the 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 good from the great per se? Yeah, I think, and it's evolved a lot too over the last um, several years. But I think there's kind of like a combination of two things. Like you have to you have to move fast and you have to think fast. So I think being a great skater is like. If you aren't a great skater, like at the level that both on the men's and women's side that it's at, like you have a huge disadvantage. If you're a really great skater, you instantly have a huge advantage. But I think it's more than just being fast. You have to also Mm. have like really, really good playmaking ability. So just being able to see the ice, like vision and speed are my, I think the two things, like if you have those two, like you kind of have a leg up on on everyone. so my, my, my little nephew, Colton, um, loves it, but he's slow. I mean, he's, he, he's going to kill me for saying that, but he's, he's a slow skater. How, does, how do you improve on, on, on that? Is it, is it just innate? Um, I mean, I know as, as a former track coach, you know, either God blessed you with the genetics to be really fast or he didn't. Like, yeah. there's, there's really not an in-between. I think there's definitely – I think there's – it's not quite as, like, black and white as track and field because, like, there are – you know, there's – like edge work, you know, like some people just don't have like that next level speed because they haven't figured out how to use their edges like really well. Um, I was someone who I had to like, I mean, I still probably should have worked more on my edges than I um, probably did um, because those make a huge difference just in being able to like transition, turn, um, get that extra like zero to a hundred faster, your first Mm -hmm. few strides, but it is a lot of um, off ice work. So I'm sure, you know, like, those like fast twitch exercises, plyos, explosive, um, explosiveness, like that will, that will help you. You're not like completely screwed. If you're like just first, you know, a slow skater, obviously genetics helps, but you can absolutely like improve your speed playing hockey for sure. I think it, that's, I think it's great for, for individuals to know. Cause I mean, 
you know, that, that motivation that, you know, somebody at a young age might just not be there and people develop at all different levels. And I think a lot of times kids will lose interest when yeah. they're not, especially this generation, when they're not the superstar at 10, you know, yeah. <laughs> when, yeah. when if they wait till they're 15 and they hit a growth spurt or something like that, they're going to be a little bit better. But do you find that out? You know, I've probably in the new role, you know, kids that have success at a really young age. I mean, that, it's, you know, it's really interesting because like, I mean, me, so just like my experience playing, like I didn't make, I was like, didn't make the A team. I was on the might B team. And then I was on like squirt A when there was like triple mm. A. So like I was never, and honestly, I was like kind of happy I made the might B team. Cause like the kids on the might A team like weren't really that nice. Like right. I was just like, you know what? Like I'll have more fun. Like I, it was kind of like a relief. Um, and my dad was like, are you like, she's probably not going to be that good if she's like completely fine making the might B team. But, um, and then like, I just loved like playing. So like my intrinsic motivation, I think like, I just always wanted to be on the ice. I always wanted to get better. And I just like, kind of like slowly, but surely like kept getting better. It was not like right. an overnight thing. I was not really that good right away. I was, I was pretty athletic in general. So maybe that helped, but um, on the flip side, like you have some kids who are like, people know that they're really good at a really young age. And right. my biggest, like not fear, but like, concern with some of those players is if they're getting a lot of like pressure from their parents from their coaches mm -hmm. like they're especially with hockey it's like all day every day hockey hockey skills off season we're at hockey camps you know we're doing clinics right. it's like there's no off time for some of these kids um and i went to like sleepaway camp and like canoed in the summer you know <laughs> and, like, completely and i think like at the time i was like i really don't want to go canoeing but i think it really right. helped like just like resetting um so i think like a lot of players that i've seen that have seen a lot of success are like you know either they're good or they're not at a young age but either way like they have that balance um and they're able to like they do other things and they're not right. getting like all this outside pressure if that makes sense no i think that's it's more kids should develop more skills than you know these you know, it helps. It, yeah, it, it yeah. and it brings a lot of perspective, and it gives you a lot of different exposure to a lot of different just opportunities, more exactly, so than yeah. anything else. That you never know. I mean, if you think about, you could name you could name the, the incredible athlete in whatever sport, whatever it is, that you wonder if they wouldn't have kind of done other things, would they ever have made it? Yeah, you know, if they would have started specializing when they were like six. It's I kind know. of crazy. <laughs> well, speaking, speaking of that, what, you know, if there's advice, uh, I know Ryan had introduced us the, the mentoring program in Boston, which I think is, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, what, you know, what advice would you give uh, as a mentor to younger individuals about life, about sport? you know, is there, is there any words of wisdom that you would convey to them? Yeah. I mean, I would say, I mean, it sounds like so simple, um, but it's like, just like, don't like take it too seriously, you know, like obviously take right. it seriously, but like hat, like enjoy it, you know, like you're going to look back on it and be like, 
I wish I didn't care so much about like that one game we lost, you know, like four one or whatever. Like you don't even remember that. I remember there's so right. many like meltdowns I have when I was younger of games we lost. And I was so mad at like my dad for being like, it's really not that big of a deal. And like at the time <laughs> it felt like, you know, the whole world was crumbling, but now looking back on it, I'm like, yeah, like that really didn't matter that much. Um, so it's just like, enjoy, enjoy the journey, like, and the twists and turns that come along the way, like it's not going to be, um, you know, it's not going to be like fun the whole time. You're going to have challenges. You're going to have days where you're going to want to quit and like not quitting, I think is like what's best in those moments too. It's like going through doing something when you don't want to do it. Um, but yeah, just like enjoy the journey every step of the way, like your teammates, like the small like moments in the locker room, the early mornings, like, because that's what you're going to miss. Um, and that's like what really just creates all these valuable skills in life after you're done playing hockey. Yeah, the, the but, no, but it's it's it all comes back to simplicity, I, I think, for yeah. sure. The group I was, it was mentioning, C, CGM Sports, yep. um, it's a women's hockey kind of working to reach the next level. The, the, the tagline that when I saw it the first time said, inspire, equip, achieve. How, how, how can you equip a young person to kind of make the next step? How, yeah. how does that go about? Yeah. Well, first, like the work that they're doing, um, Ryan and Sean with CGM, like is amazing. Um, I've had, you know, obviously quite a few conversations with them and, um, you know, kind of helping them like on the side, just as like a former, you know, women's hockey player myself. If anyone who, you know, is a young female hockey player and is like looking for, um, you know, a good, just like Avenue. I mean, you get access to these division one, you know, and division three, like women's hockey players. It's just such a great resource. Um, for me personally, like what equip means is, is like just getting an understanding of like what, cause everyone's different, right? Like some people right. want, you know, to work on like strength and conditioning. Someone maybe wants to get advice on like dealing with adversity. So it's like first taking the time to like understand each athletes and each person's like needs and challenges and goals and then giving them like a real and then sharing you know a realistic plan of like hey like these are some of your options and then working with them to to like understand it see it and then like ways to you know achieve it like giving them actual um you know call to actions and then seeing how you know they're either fail or they succeed and then either way you're able to work from that um so i guess that's like kind of my biggest thing it's just like providing the resources and the support needed based on what each individual um is looking for man hey this is this has been this has been fun I, you i can tell them I mean, your excitement you, you probably it's it's kind of normal but you've got you've got an excitement when you talk about things i can tell you're passionate about what what's next on the horizon obviously the olympics are coming up but What's next with Team USA? Um, yeah, so the U18 women's um, national team, we just got back from Switzerland a couple weeks ago. They won um, gold, so that was really exciting. They, yeah, so um, really, really excited for the player staff. Um, the next thing is I'm actually flying to Saskatoon in Canada on Lovely. Tuesday. The uh, it's a rivalry. It's called the rivalry series U.S. versus Canada. It's a series of seven games. Um, they're kind of split between U.S. and Canada locations started in December um, wow. or November. Um, and then the last three games are um, coming up. So it's Saskatoon. Um, I think it's like Regina, 
and mm. that in, which is also in I think oh, that's yeah. Saskatchewan and then yes, Minnesota <laughs> um, Minneapolis is the last so that's like my next week is those uh, are those games which I'm I'm excited about those are always so fun to watch I mean I know I sh I'm working during those but they're also like <laughs> just like really exciting games um, and then the world championships for um, the older national team are in Utica New York in um hmm. like early april yeah so some 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 good spots on the horizon here yeah i mean regina's i've been to regina pretty it's a pretty cool place i i like it i, yeah. I love the opportunity to travel so it's yeah me too that's what i kind of do love about the job too is going to such uh cool places that's awesome Haley. i i appreciate uh you know you taking some time and, and being on the show and you know just giving some insight into women's hockey uh, fun sport uh and just the rise of it. I'm, I'm just so excited and uh, appreciate the opportunity to talk. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm excited as well. So we, we shall see what will happen. Hey, it sounds great. <laughs> hey, you've, uh, you can get the podcast believe.com or Apple and Spotify. Again, subscribe, like, comment, share. It helps us grow. This has been Just a Cup on Believe. I'm Coach Brian Fetzer. Be blessed, my friends, and have a great, great, wonderful time.